and welcome into the Nick's State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo with Chip Murphy and Danny Small. How are you guys doing today? I'm good, doing good. Matt. What's hey, up? Hey. All right. Well, guys, we got a packed show here today. Is a lot of interesting topics as uh, the Knicks Summer League is going on right now. And there are so many different topics that we can just pull from the Summer League and get into. Uh, and and for a generalization of the whole entire team, I think we're going to wait till next week for that when the Summer League is officially wrapped up. There's still one more game that's going to be played uh, for the Knicks. And, you know, one of those topics though, that we can take and that we're going to start the show off here today is R.J. Barrett, obviously our first-round pick, third overall of the draft. A lot of eyes have been on him since that opening night back on uh, July 7th, I believe, when the Summer League started for the Knicks, and it was a matchup between Zion and R.J. Barrett. And there has been so much discussion on social media, you know, with fans kind of going back and forth with each other on R.J.'s performance. Uh, He has had some shooting issues and... You know, it has caused a lot of fans to come out and say he's a bust already, only a couple of games into Summer League basketball. Uh, you know, then you got fans saying it's Summer League, relax. Uh, so I think for a good topic here to start it off with, let's, let's put our, our insight on RJ's performance. I know each of us have watched uh, the Summer League games and kept our eyes on what we've seen on the floor. And I, if you guys don't mind, I'd like to get this started a little bit because uh, it's it's been a little frustrating uh, with the patience that we have seen with RJ, with some of the fans that have been very upset and, and calling him a bust already. And to me, it just makes it, it doesn't make any sense. It's only a couple of games in. It is summer league, but the thing that I just don't get. It just makes no sense to me. And we've seen this last year even at the beginning of the season with Kevin Knox. Now, Kevin Knox had a great summer league. Everybody was so thrilled about the way he looked in the summer league. But then in preseason and then the start of the regular season, he had a little bit of a struggle. He, he wasn't shooting you know, efficiently. He looked like he was rushing his shot out there. And you remember a lot of fans were upset and then calling Kevin Knox a bust. So with RJ struggling early on here with his shot in the summer league, it's got these fans saying he's a bust. And to me, I always go back to this question. I don't get why there seems to be a whole ton of patience when it comes to a player like Frank Nielakina, who has had two years in the system, and we have not seen a a whole lot out there. We haven't seen much from him. You know, there is no secret here. And this is the point that I'm going to get at. There's no secret here that I never wanted Frank Nielakina. I did not want the Knicks to draft him, all right? But at the same time, you know, you get all these fans that are just constantly defending him but are telling people to be patient. He's only 19, he's only 20, blah, blah, blah. But those are the same that are criticizing Kevin Knox last year and now criticizing R.J. Barrett this year. And it just, I, I don't understand it at all. 
It doesn't make sense to me. And that's the point that I'm going to make is I know a lot of these fans are probably – they wanted somebody else. Not everybody in Nick Nation wanted the Knicks to draft R.J. Barrett with that third pick. And what I'm going to say is if you didn't want R.J. Barrett, that's fine. That's your opinion. You're entitled to it. If you wanted somebody else uh, – I've seen Cam Reddish's name come up. I've seen Culver from uh, Texas Tech. Um, I seen Hayes, who's with the Pelicans, had that monster dunk the other day. You know, all these other names that are being thrown out there that, that guys want it. I understand that if you do not want a certain player and you believe another player would have been the better pick, that's fine. That's your opinion. But if you're going to jump on social media and if you're going to make a big fuss over a shooting slump, I guess, early on in summer league basketball, there's something wrong with you. I mean, it's summer league basketball. Let me just – it does not mean anything, like, at all. It's just these warm-up games, these guys trying to get into the mix of it, and I just don't understand the lack of patience that we've seen from a guy that we knew coming into the draft and when he was drafted has some issues with his shot. He can be very erratic at times. However, you can see in the last two summer league games – that to me, I think RJ has shown that he's not just settling for those jump shots that he was in the first few games. He's starting to try to attack the basket and, and kind of power his way to the rim. Obviously, he has to get stronger and has to finish with contact. But to me, he's shown me that he's willing to make that adjustment if that jump shot is not falling, that he's going to put his head down and go to work. So I'm a little disappointed to see this whole he's a bust and a couple of games in, that's very foolish. It's summer league basketball. It's just, how do you call somebody a bust three games in? I don't get. For the life of me, I don't understand that. And now I'll get your guys' thoughts. Danny, I'm going to start with you. Uh, you know, With RJ and his performance in the summer league, what have you made of it? Um, I haven't made much of it, I'll, I'll be honest, because, like you said, like it's summer league is not in – not necessarily indicative of future success in the NBA. And it really was like the ridiculousness of this, oh my God, he's a bust reaction that came out. It was just, I was actually kind of surprised for, uh, actually, I, w- I won't say I was surprised because fans are fans, you know, they're going to overreact right. to things. But um, two things, two guys I want to point out Trey Young and Marvin Bagley, both last year had very bad summer leagues. You know, I remember Trey Young. You saw on Twitter, there's a million videos of him airballing and stuff. Those two guys had great rookie years. They really, really looked good last year. So it's just these games are they're not they don't mean as much as we think they are because right now they're the only basketball on. Right. They're the only things we're seeing. And like you you mentioned Kevin Knox last year. You know, he had a great rookie year or um, excuse me, great summer league. And everyone, oh, he's going to be rookie of the year, all this, all that. Um, I think it's better to overreact to someone playing well. Because, you know, I think someone playing out of their mind tells you more than someone not doing anything. Um, but, yeah, Barrett, I mean, he's played better the last two games. He's shooting a little bit better. He's a little more comfortable. He had, like, a nice Euro step. He's passing. I just it, – it really is, to me, not something that you should ever get worked up about. I mean, these games are awesome. They're fun to watch. It's basketball in the summer. But I'm not sitting here watching it and going, "Oh my God, R.J. Barrett! They made the they made the wrong pick. This is the end of the world." I mean, it just 
please, people, like, let's just relax for a little bit. Like, enjoy your summer. Like, go on vacation. Do something. Like, worrying about R.J. Barrett right now is not the move. And that's the thing. I understand that, and a lot of it, like I said, a lot of this criticism are for fans who did not want him and felt like they should have drafted somebody else. I don't ever have a problem if somebody says, hey, I think the Knicks should have drafted this guy or that guy. Regardless, it's it's somebody's opinion. It's fine. You know what? There's, well, like that's, I said. Not to cut you off, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I, like, I don't think there were that many people who didn't want Barrett. I mean, I think there were people who were disappointed we didn't get Zion or Ja. But like I like now people saying, Oh, I never wanted RJ Barrett. I I didn't see or hear really many people saying that before the draft. That's I feel like anyone well. who's saying that now might be kind of just trying to, you know, change their opinion now because they uh, presumably they think he's a bust just because of three or four summer league games. Right. And I, and like I said, even if that's not the case, maybe if they change their opinion because they see a guy who's not a knockdown shooter right now, which if you didn't know that about him, I mean, just go look at Duke's basketball season. They shot like mm-hmm. a dismal percentage from behind the arc. They weren't a good three-point shooting team, and I know the league is now turning into uh, basically a shooting league. He can be very erratic at times, and I, it's – Something that I talked about a lot when leading up to the draft is that RJ is going to be a guy that can put up 20-plus points a game. But there's going to be a lot of nights where we see a 4 of 18 shooting. That's just that's the way it's going to be. Can he grow out of that? I certainly believe that he can. But right now, that's what he is going to be, and I don't think fans want to see that, and they're a little disappointed about that. And, you know, Chip, this next question, I want to, I want two things from you, Chip. Number one, your thoughts from RJ, but I also want you to sneak in this answer. How much is it that fans have expectations from RJ and expected to see a lot more because where he came from uh, college-wise, playing for Duke, the expectations that Duke had this season, do you think that plays into it? This is a guy that's coming from an elite program that fans expected to see just a flawless level of basketball, even in the summer league. Of course it does. I mean, to your point about Frank Nielakina, if Frank Nielakina was the third pick like Barrett was, then he would have much higher expectations. And it's also, it's not even just about that. As you mentioned, Duke, like Knox wasn't the third pick. He went to Kentucky, though, and we watched him on TV. We watched him in the tournament. So there's an expectation there. He played for John Calipari. He was, I'm sure he was a McDonald's All-American. There's an expectation that goes along with that. And it's, you know, and I bring back the point with having, like, Frank Nielakino in my, my sense. Like, I, I didn't want him. But it wasn't me in the summer league going, this guy's a bus already. You know what I mean? And, and two years in, I still don't feel like I've seen enough from Frank Nielakino to make me think that I was wrong about the Knicks taking him. but And I use this example because it's it's it just I don't understand where there's more patience with Frank than and with these other guys. And I, I do think, Chip, as you were just talking about, that maybe it's because of these guys where they went to school, where they went to big-time universities and played for big coaches that you know are in the national championship discussion. I, I, I don't know. But it's just a little weird and odd to see that. And, 
you know, when I didn't want Frank Nemochina, again, I wasn't sitting there screaming, this guy's a bust because of summer league games. I'm still not even calling him a bust. I still want to see him take a big step forward. Just as of right now, it's not happening. I just don't get how a couple of games in and one bad shooting night or two bad shooting nights or three, and all of a sudden he's a bust. It's just you got to have some patience with these things. And again, if you did not want Matt, him, I think you're reading that. I think I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, go ahead. I think you're reading the wrong Knicks fans Twitter accounts because I'm not seeing <laughs> that much of that. Oh, this you like no. Not, this is not even on Twitter. This is on Facebook on those group pages. Oh God, you yeah. Got, oh, that's that, yeah. yeah. That's, you got to stay up. Yeah, those people are jackasses. Uh, it, the Facebook, the Knicks Facebook groups are like uh, we could we could do like a four hour long. Pod. That's what that's oh, where I get a lot of the content and, and discuss like there because dive, there's so much. Dive of it. into into the people calling for like Mark Jackson to come back as a point guard. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, the people who yeah. I remember some guy starting a group about how the Knicks back in Russell Westbrook's prime were like, Oh, we should trade Tyson Chandler for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> based on based on what? Like just the, insane babble from these people. Like who, what the hell who says no? About? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Just, just like a ridiculous trade, like, okay, how about Frank Nielakina? For Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, straight up, who says no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Oh, but yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I that I've been seeing constantly. I can't go on social media like that. And Twitter, yeah, I I don't see it as much. That's a good point. On Twitter, I do not. I don't see so much hate. I do see some. I, I absolutely have seen a lot of tweets mm-hmm, that come in mm-hmm. that say he's a bust, but it's not nearly the capacity that I see on like Facebook pages. And I'm, I'm in a lot, you know, I'm in a lot of different Nick pan, uh, fan pages, probably about fifteen to twenty, and it's it's once you go on, your timeline is filled with that, and it's just it doesn't matter what you say to them or try to get them to see it. It's they're set in their ways, and it's just a little disappointing. And that you see, it's just a few games in. So you know, it's one of those things where if you did not want him, you you can't be like he's a bust after three games. Give it, give it some time. Give it some time. See where it goes. Honestly, I like the adjustments that I've seen in the last couple of nights. No, he's still not shooting great, but he's attacking the basket more. He's not just settling. You know, he's got a lot to work on, though. But what rookie right now doesn't have something to work on? Exactly. They're all the Knicks. They, all, right. 21 and under is like half the team, pretty much. you yeah. got to give these times, these kids some time to grow, you know? Mm-hmm. Just you know, relax. You know, relax. Like, no, I'm not telling you guys. I'm saying, like, right. just in general. Like, right. yeah, fans need to just, yeah, it's it's a summer. Relax. Just be happy yeah. we're watching some basketball. And to Danny's point about Trey Young, check out Steph Curry's summer league stats. They're brutal. Yeah, good point. Right. He was the he was the third leading scorer on the Warrior summer league team behind like Anthony Randolph. He was he was terrible. Okay, I mean he's a kid. He's nineteen. RJ Barrett. He'll be fine. Exactly, and I just think, you know, and the improvement that we have seen in a couple of games, the shooting is is it's going to have to take. He needs some work. He needs to stay in the gym. And they, they have talked about this on the broadcast that a lot of these guys have not been able to get into the gym and play basketball because there's been a lot of media obligations and all that. So this is the first basketball they have played in months. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but you don't play basketball for a few months and then you go out there and you start to try to play. You're not exactly crisp. You know, you, it takes a little bit to get into a rhythm, get your legs underneath you and all that stuff. And... 
it, it, it's for a lot of these guys. It's not just RJ and, and you know Zion Williamson. As great as he is, that guy can't shoot. He can't shoot. He's going to have stuff that has to work on. So the point is, everybody has stuff to work on. You can't look too much into it. Even if this was the other way around, if RJ was just lighting it up. We've seen that a little bit last year with Kevin Knox. He played great in the summer league. And then expectations were so much higher, and he struggled to start the, the season. And then people were, like, flipping out. So you've you got to give it some time and let these kids develop a little bit. There's, that's the thing about a young team. There's going to be ups, and there's going to be downs. We're going to see that a lot in the next couple of years with some of these young guys. They're going to have stretches where they're great. They're going to have stretches where you're scratching your head and you don't know why they're out there on the floor. That's just the way that it's going to be for a little bit. But if they develop the way that I think they're going to, it's going to be just fine. So there's not much to here to kind of panic about uh, and too much of a story to make because I, I do think that there has been some good. I think the last two games, RJ's had a double-double. Not great shooting, but still 20 points, 10 rebounds. He's a good rebounder. He's very active on the board. Mm-hmm. He also has blocked quite a few shots as well. It's not just Mitchell Robinson out there swatting stuff. Knox, I mean, excuse me, um, Barrett has been blocking some shots as well. So there's other areas of the game that he has contributed to instead of just when you see a 6 of 18 shooting. That, His passing ability has been really impressive too. When absolutely. he was at Duke, it, there was no there was no offense at Duke. I right, mean, it was pretty much just he ISO'd or Zion ISO'd, and that was the whole offense. It, it's impressive to see him in an actual offense. Like he's been really impressive as a passer and a playmaker. That's right. So I we'll, think, I, go ahead. I think that's part of you know that's one of the things they hope they can get out of you know a secondary playmaker and. You know, yeah, the shooting hasn't been great, but yeah, like Chip said, he's seen some good vision, some good passing. It's like take the positives and save yourself some agita from worrying about the shooting. You know, like look at the positives. Barrett's doing some good stuff. He'll he'll be okay. He's got a lot to work on, but he'll be fine. All right. With that being said, we're going to stop this discussion right here. I think the overall consensus is is that you got to give it some time. It's just summer league. You can't look too much into these games. It's not. Uh, the end of the world if a player struggles it's not it's not doesn't mean that much if somebody's averaging 30 points a game here it's just is what it is at this point of the season and I I think Danny you kind of touched on it is that it's the only basketball that we're really seeing right now so everybody's really emotionally Mm -hmm. invested into it and sometimes you're not fully thinking and and just realizing and taking that step back this is kind of like the start of the next season for these young players who are still in a developing phase. So there's just not much of a story here. And I would advise if you're somebody that's a little concerned, don't be. Don't be. It's it's going to be okay. Give it some time. Wait till the regular season starts. Uh, and that's where we'll leave it at. We'll jump to a break. When we come back, we are going to uh, get into – the Russell Westbrook situation obviously now with Paul George being traded to the Clippers and it looks like the Thunder are trying to do a rebuild which would mean that Russell Westbrook also wants out a lot of rumors about where he can go of course the Knicks are always thrown into the rumor mill anytime a player is available that's just the way it is the media is going to automatically link them to the Knicks here so we're going to get into a discussion what should the Knicks do about this Russell Westbrook situation that's coming up next here on the Knicks State of Mind podcast hi everybody Matt Castillo here writer at elitesports.com and co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast 
Just wanted to take this time to thank the fans and remind listeners to follow our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at NYKSOM Podcast or on our Facebook page at the Nick State of Mind Podcast. Come be a part of the discussion. We want to hear from you and talk about the Knicks. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Nick State of Mind podcast. As we mentioned right before our break, uh, we were going to get into this Russell Westbrook situation now knowing that he also wants to be traded as it looks like the Thunder are going through a rebuild. And again, anytime a star in the league becomes available or is about to be a free agent, you're, they're automatically going to get linked to the New York Knicks. The media loves to do it because it gets discussion going with a lot of Knicks fans and it creates a whole lot of ratings for their show. That's really what it comes down to. And then, you know, you see it right now, the way it was uh, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and all these other names throughout the offseason. There was a lot of buzz about how New York was really going to get one this year. It gets everybody's interest, and then all of a sudden that doesn't happen, and then they want to bash New York. That's kind of the way it always seems to go, the vicious circle year in and year out so naturally when a player like uh, Russell Westbrook wants to be traded uh, the Knicks are going to be one of those teams that they're going to link them to and we now have to look at it like this should the Knicks get into Russell Westbrook should they look into exploring uh, some of their young assets some of their draft picks that they have uh, to acquire a player like Russell Westbrook so, Chip, we're going to start with you here. What would you do if you are the New York Knicks? They haven't had a point guard in quite some time. Uh, you know, Russell, an all-star, a triple-double machine, nice player. Should the Knicks look to invest in, in, in adding Westbrook to the roster? I'm going to say that Russell Westbrook is by far the most entertaining player in the NBA to me. My fo- my favorite player to watch, but he has four years, one hundred seventy million dollars on his contract. He's about to turn thirty-one. I believe it's November. Yes, November twelfth. And he's a high usage, high volume shooter. He's the worst three-point shooter in NBA history. He's extremely inefficient. Uh, he's his career going forward doesn't fit the Knicks timeline right now and he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who wants to play with a bunch of uh, kids in the locker room a bunch of guys who were 25 and under I mean it doesn't really make sense at all and not to mention you'd have to bust up that young core and trade a bunch of draft picks mortgage the future to get him I mean do you if you're Oklahoma City you're going to dig in and say give us R.J. Barrett for the greatest player in the history of our franchise, right? I mean, you're not going to take less than that, are you? Right. So, no, it doesn't make sense at all to me. It's the kind of move that an old Knicks regime would make. and so that uh, It's the kind of move that James Dolan would have made in the old days and stepped in and said, get me a star. You know, and I, I hope they don't do it. I really do. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. It, it looks like It looks like he's going to Miami, so it looks like we won't have to worry about it. But... We'll see. And, Danny, same question to you. What are your thoughts on it when you hear the rumors? Are you agreeing with Chip uh, that the Knicks should stay away? Yeah, I'd say I'm, I'm more or less in lockstep with what Chip is thinking. You know, I don't think the timeline matches up. 
Um, I don't think Russ would be able to elevate them to become like a true championship contender. I think they'd be a playoff team, but I, I don't know. I, even with the way the league is set up now where it's pretty wide open, there's no you know juggernaut warriors or anyone like that, I still don't think Russ would be enough to get the Knicks up to the championship level. Um, and then it just, I don't see, with all the money tied up in him, I don't see how they can bring in a second star to make, you know, to, to put them, to kind of elevate them a little right. bit more. So I just, I, I don't think it makes sense just for the simple fact of the timeline doesn't match up. And I, I am a big advocate of, you know, go for stars. Like, you need a star to win. I just, unfortunately, because like Chip, I love watching Westbrook. He's entertaining as, you know, as any player I've ever seen. He's awesome like that. But I just don't think he fits with what the Knicks are trying to do right now. And just one other thing. I just, and I, I don't think this is really from people in New York. Because people who know the Knicks, people who know the Garden know this isn't true. But I've seen a lot of takes from people saying, oh, the Knicks need Westbrook. He can energize Madison Square Garden. He can get the fans excited. The, the Knicks could be 0-81, and, and they're going to sell out that yeah. game 82 in the Garden. Like they, right. they sell out no matter what. I was at most of the games last year, and the the lower bowl was full. The upper bowl was rocking. You know, like there's there's people are not going to stop going to Knicks games, even if they win 17 games a year. People are still going to go. So I don't think like the idea that the Knicks need someone to kind of get the fan base coming to the, to the Garden. That's just that's ridiculous. Because anyone who knows the Knicks knows they're they're selling out every night. That's a national media take. Yeah, it, like, it is a yeah. very, like, national, like, you know, someone from, you know, a different market who doesn't understand yeah. that, hey, the Knicks could suck and be the worst team in basketball. But, yeah, there's still, like, it's still going to be packed. People are still going to be going nuts in a February game, you know, with nothing on the line. And that's exactly the point, like, when I talk about the national media, the national take, they, they always link these kind of guys to the Knicks just for their ratings, you know, and you guys, you know, have an advantage of being locally because I'm no longer in the New York area, um, you know, to see what it really is like and what people are saying. But I can give you the perspective of how that works around here. You know, for example, uh, talk to somebody else I haven't seen in a while, but, you know, watches all the sports shows and heard about all the rumors about this big name and that big name coming to New York and knowing I'm a Knicks fan, was was asking me what I really thought about the Knicks offseason so far and kind of smirking about it like I was going to be upset because that's the way the media, you know, per, you know perceived it, that the fans are going to be upset and outraged when uh, they strike out with this name or that name. And it's just the vicious cycle that I was talking about that we see constantly with guys like now Russell Westbrook uh, the same way. You know, a lot of people keep asking me in this area, the Knicks going to do it. I think the Knicks should do it. And if they don't stop and think logically through this right now, and I think that's the beauty of what the Knicks organization is finally doing after all these years. I said this last week on the show is – for the first few years that we were doing this, it was very, I don't know what the Knicks are doing. It was when Phil Jackson was in charge of things. And it was it was just a very weird, we just didn't have any trust in the organization. After Phil Jackson was out the door and we have Scott Perry and, and Mills running it, they have shown signs that they're doing things 
smart and not doing the same old Knicks that we have seen over the last few years. As Chip, you pointed out, this is something that the Knicks would have done several years ago with, with Dolan. He would absolutely say, you know, let's trade our assets. Let's trade our draft picks to get a guy like Russell Westbrook in. But the Knicks are showing that they're a lot smarter. And it, it's that's what gets frustrating to me when I have watched these national shows that they just get picked apart. They deserved it a few years ago. They deserved all the media bashing in the world with the stupid stuff they have done. But the last few years, this team is doing things smarter than they have had, but yet they can't win because they continue to get looked at like the same old Knicks. This was a move that the Knicks would have done years ago. This is I, one of those things, again, where I look at it, and I, as soon as the names were linked to uh, Russell Westbrook, and the news got out there that he was also looking to be traded. Then, again, people down here at the radio station that I work at on my show, got a lot of people that tweeted me. I got text messages uh, that were stating, should the Knicks go after um, Russell Westbrook? It started Saturday. You know, when I, I walked into the show that I do Saturday mornings, and, you know, that's when the news broke that Paul George was going. Uh, to the Clippers, and it was first thing you see there. Russell Westbrook's going to want out. The Knicks are going to go get him. And people think, what, what, what should they do? And they were shocked by my answer. I know a lot of Knicks fans aren't because I think the Knicks fans that I have seen all for the most part have been pretty united with this, and it's to stay away for Russell Westbrook. Russell is a great player. He plays at a very high level and. I agree with you, Chip, is one of the, the players that I enjoy watching because he plays with such an intensity and very – he hates you if you're not on his team type thing. And that's a little rare nowadays in the way the game that we see where everybody's best friends. Russell doesn't want to be anybody's friend. He wants to beat you. He wants to destroy you. And I love that mentality about him. However, as Danny pointed out, that contract is a lot of money for the next several years. And in order to get him – the Knicks are starting to realize that we can't just keep doing these band-aid fixes, these quick fixes here. We have to develop a young core. We got to start building a stronger foundation so that way when we have enough cap space to go land a big star, they'll start taking the Knicks a little bit more serious. That's the news right now around the league is that a lot of people, a lot of stars are passing on the Knicks because they're just not a core there yet. And the Knicks are realizing that. And I think that's one reason why the Knicks, and you hear now reports saying the Knicks ain't going to do this. They're not going to send their draft picks. They're not going to send, you know, look at that package that the Clippers send over to OKC, all those draft picks and a couple of players. The Knicks are not going to do that. They're not going to give up Knox. They're not going to give up several first-rounders, and they shouldn't. As good as Russell Westbrook is, he's not worth sending the future that we have right now. It's not worth sending Barrett over or Knox over or Dennis Smith Jr. and three or four picks. It wouldn't do us any good. We have done these kind of moves. These, that's what I always say are the quick-fix moves that they think are going to turn around the team, and it just puts us in a worse spot than what we are in. You develop these young guys, you keep these draft picks, you keep building that way. You know, we had somebody actually tweet our account 
uh, talking about that, yeah, no duh, they should start building through the draft. That's how you build an organization. And the response I had was, well, when have you seen the Knicks do that in the last several years? They've always tried to do moves like this. Now they're showing, no, we're not going to do that no more. And I couldn't be happier. As much as I love Westbrook, I think he's a great player. I think the Knicks are doing the right thing here. Uh, and yeah, I, I think it's smart. Build the young guys. Don't give away those assets. Let them become the foundation that will attract free agent players later on down the road. And uh, Chip, I just wanted to reach out because you, you see now uh, the Marcus Morris situation where he wasn't going to sign with the Spurs because he was going to get more money with the Knicks has became official. Is that correct, Chip? Yeah, I just saw the tweet. He uh, he signed for one year, $15 million. So uh, that's official now, apparently. Uh, they'll announce that, I guess, at some point. But a tweet from Shams, I saw. And uh, they still have uh, $4.8 million to offer Reggie Bullock after their uh, reworking his deal because there was a medical issue, I right. guess. But uh, apparently... Uh, according to Shams, the Marcus Morris deal that they've been working on for weeks is uh, now good. Uh, now he's signed it. So, yeah, Marcus Morris, another power forward. It's a good pick. <laughs> it's a good pickup. That guy could do a lot of different yeah. things well. He plays defense as well. Um, I, I really power like forward it. city. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Those guys are going to have to earn their playing time. There's a lot of depth there. That's, that's one way to look at it. There's a lot of competition. Yeah. The only thing I the only thing I worry about with so many power forwards is just if Knox is going to have some of his minutes at the four taken away. But I mean, one year deal, Marcus Morris can turn into a nice little trade chip, right? You know, even and a lot of these guys can turn into nice little trade chips at the deadline. I'm okay with it. You know, right? They'll they'll figure it out. Those those positional battles and stuff tend to work themselves out. Skip Bayless, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Oh my we're, goodness! We're, we're we're okay with all the power forwards. We can we can figure it out. Uh, but but Skip is that guy that I'm talking about that blows up these things and making it seem like this is an idiotic move yeah. for Marcus. But he's going to make more money. Yeah, yeah it's, he's, he's doing fine. I, I mean, he'll be okay. You know, he he's one of those guys that makes it seem like the Knicks have done everything wrong and just dumb this offseason. Well, it, I'm, I won't I won't defend Skip Bayless, but I'll stick up for the national media for. A, a small uh, in a small way with the the free agency stuff at least like dolan said it came out and said we're gonna have a very successful offseason when it right. comes to free agents so that that's like so stupid that was the one thing that's like okay now you can you can get ripped for that because obviously it didn't come true yeah but that's but, i mean you, you got to consider the source there it's dolan he's an idiot we all know that you shouldn't but take he, anything I mean, serious, he's, he says. He's, he's, the, he's the owner. If he says it, you know, like they, I, I can't fault the national media for coming back on it, you know, and saying, like, oh, this, you know, this is a bad look. Like, I, I understand, you know, I understand. I just, it, you know, it is what it is. But I, you, you are right. There is a pile on a lot of times when it's just unnecessary. Mm-hmm. All right. So we wrapped it up here. You know, we, we all in agreement again. Keep away from Russell Westbrook. Let him move on to Miami. Let us keep our assets. And then also, uh, we got the news that we add Marcus Morris uh, to the uh, the forward uh, position, which we got plenty yeah. of forwards. I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. 
Somebody goes down, we'll have uh, the next man up for <laughs> those those teams at the trade deadline are looking for that stretch four. They That's know. Right. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say most of them won't be on the team by the time the season ends. Absolutely, and that's a good thing. Acquire draft picks, stack them, and you know what? The Knicks are showing that they're doing a good job during the draft too. We'll get into the summer yeah, league I mean, and, and about some of these other people that we have seen, but the Knicks are showing that second round picks are very valuable to them. They're not. They're yeah, not we wasting. We need to talk this. about Iggy. We yeah, need to talk about Iggy. Iggy's going to be yeah, discussed. We'll, yeah, yes. we'll, we'll get into we'll get into Iggy when uh, next week when when it's over. But yeah, Iggy. Yeah. You think Mitch Trier? Um, oh, and then also finger roll Mitch had in the last game. Oh my god! Yeah, that was. That and was that's the thing that <laughs> these guys are. You know, I've seen some writers and some you know again national guys knocking the Knicks for some of these moves, saying you're going to get second round picks for them. Bill Simmons says these are guys you're going to turn around. You're not going to get first round picks for. Okay, well the Knicks are showing that they they have spun some gems in the second round. And they've got those those Charlotte. I know next year, and then I think it's right. the year after, two years after, they've got second rounders from Charlotte, which you got to imagine those are going to be thirty five or lower. Yeah, right. you know, those are going to be those are going to be pretty pretty valuable second rounders. And they sold high on Hernan Gomez. His stock is oh way low God, right now. So way they low. sold they sold so high on him. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll wrap it up there. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Next State of Mind podcast. Thanks for listening.